I think, uh, gosh, aren't we in days? Heartbreaking times. Uh, The uh, tragedy in Syria and Turkey, the earthquake this week. And uh, there's so much that's happening in our world today that Jesus spoke of when he spoke about how the end times would be filled with disasters and famines and earthquakes and wars and troubles and turmoil and how people's hearts would be failing with fear. And I think it's really important we adjust to what Jesus says rather than just take the news that we see this time through the lens of scripture or through the lens of what Jesus actually said would happen in the last times. But in the last days too, there will be a great outpouring, a great move of God. And there will be an end time harvest such as never been seen before on this earth. And the days are getting shorter, which is why it's so important Um, as Pastor Andrea said, that we're shepherded and that we're set apart by truth and not um, just, we just can live in our own small worlds if we're not careful. And God wants us in his mind and his kingdom plan. This morning it's going to be a bit of, um, um, I believe the Lord's going to lead me through uh, because I'm not really clear. I have some things on my heart and I trust him to, to bring about whatever he wants. Pastor Andrea said it's a bit like whatever you make this morning, it's going to be a chocolate cake because God wants a chocolate cake. Even if all the ingredients, they're all there, but you, you put everything together by the grace of God and it'll come out in the will of God. So it's not going to actually be a chocolate cake, but you understand the meaning. Cakes after. There'll be cake downstairs. Isaiah 45, verse 11. Thus says the Lord. Stop. Really important. Who it is that says this. It's not a preacher. It's God himself. Thus says the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. The Holy One of Israel, the one who is set apart above all others. Israel were and still are the nation. God has a plan and a purpose. God used that nation to bring the Messiah through Israel, through the Jews. But now in Christ, all the promises of God are yes. So any Old Testament promise is yours, together with all the ones that are new in the New Testament, in Christ Jesus. So this is speaking to you, even though it says Israel, you and me. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask of me things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Wow, that's a big verse. The Lord says, To each person concerning his own people, his sons, ask me. 
concerning what I want to do with you and my church and ask me concerning my work, what I'm going to do in the earth, through your life, in your family, through your working life, ask me. And so God gives us this invitation and he invites us to the most powerful person who he is, the most all-knowing person, the one who knows the future, the one who sees where you are and what he's going to do through your life. And he says, I want you to partner with me in what I'm thinking about you and about the church and what I'm thinking and planning to do on earth. So you can't understand the mind of God through the news or through people unless people are speaking for God. But this is God's word speaking. This is purely 100% God. Ask me because I'm going to tell those who do ask me. I'm going to give you a download of information to direct you and to bring about my work. Now, his work isn't sort of mysterious. Jesus was really clear when he came. He came to bring the kingdom. When the king arrived, that was Jesus arriving on earth, he says straight away, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I've come to bring the reign of God on earth. That's really the big plan. In fact, Jesus, when he asked his people to pray in every generation, he says, I want you to start with your father in heaven and then pray his plan, which is his kingdom on earth, his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this scripture is such an incredible invitation for those who are his own. And we become his own children or his sons when we receive Jesus. You see, before you receive Jesus, everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. You can't be fixed. You can't be tweaked. Your personality doesn't need a few changes. You had to become completely new. So he had to remove the old you, which in his mind was full of sin and always wanting to turn away from God and give you a new heart and put his spirit within you and call you his own child. And the Bible says this amazing truth. Whoever received Jesus has the right to become a child of God. Born not of human will, but born of God. Born of God. Children of God. That actually means, it's a term of endearment, you become little ones. Uh, The Scots would say bairns. 
It's a, it's a newborn child. And so a Christian isn't just somebody who's accepted a doctrine, a teaching. You've accepted the Lord, the Word, who is God, the Son of God, who is Jesus. Through Jesus, all things were made. So he is the creator God that we read of in Isaiah. Ask of me the maker, the one who made you, the one who gave birth to you, the one who calls you his son. Now a son can get girls all wound up. It shouldn't because we're all sons of God through faith because a son has equal rights to all the inheritance. So there is in Christ neither male nor female, slave nor free. There's no different cultures, different colors. There's no difference. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful news? That's why I love coming here. Because we look so different on the outside, but we're all the same on the inside. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Those who've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are born of God. You might, your parents might have said, whoops, we didn't know you were coming. Bit of an accident. But God gave birth to you when you received Jesus. He ordained for you to be alive right now. And he says, I want to partner with you. Ask me. Because I want you to know what I'm doing. I don't want you to be clueless. But it comes through asking. God has said, if you don't ask, you don't get. It's one of the laws of Christianity. It's one of the rules, actually, of living a Christian life. It doesn't work without praying. Your Christian life will go nowhere without asking. Because prayer brings God's answers for everything. Ask me and I'll give you understanding about what I'm doing with your life. I don't want you in the dark. I want you in the light. I want you filled with the knowledge of my will. I don't want you like the world that knows nothing about what God's doing and nothing about what he wants to do. What an invitation for every single one of us. Come to me and ask me. Jesus put it like this when he spoke about the vine as a picture of what it's like to be in Christ. The vine and the branches in John chapter 15. And in John 15, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So when you become born again, when you receive Jesus and become a child of God, you're placed in Christ. Like a branch is seamlessly in the vine, the root. And his life is in you. And in John 15, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said this, Abide in me, 
and my words abide in you. Now there's a condition, if you. If you abide, if you live aware and conscious of me, and you live with my words... How do we know what his words are? We have all the teachings of Jesus written. We have all the Old Testament, which is his word. His words. So if you don't know the Bible, you don't have the words in you. That's why it's so important to study the Bible. To find his word. To ask him to give you his words. So that when you read them, it's like... The words become living and powerful, become his voice to you. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask, there's the asking, you will ask what you desire. Oh, now, that could go horribly wrong to the wrong person. They could think God wants me to have a Ferrari. I'm confident I should have a Ferrari. And it should be red. And I'm absolutely confident I don't need to pay for it. It needs to be a gift. (laughs) And that desire, I would say quite confidently, is outside the will of God for my life. Would you agree? Although it'd be fun, just for a moment, driving around Taunton in a Ferrari. However, it's not his vision for my life. But you see, when I'm connected, united with the person, and I have his words in me, it's like he and I partner together, and his desires become my desires. And I kind of pray something. Oh, Lord, I'd really love that for that person. And I know what I love for that person is what he would love for them. Because my love is expressed in prayer. And his love is revealed to me through his word and his will. And I say, Lord, I'd love you to do that for them. I'd love that to happen for this situation. Ask whatever you desire. It's a desire. It's not a duty. It comes from the heart. It doesn't come from the head. And he promises to do it. It shall be done. Can you see that there is a vast opportunity for you in prayer? Because prayer can do anything that God can do. The one who made the heavens and the earth, the one who can create something out of nothing, the one who has given us incredible promises, incredible plans. If we ask of him, he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see my kingdom come through you. And then he says, after this one, he said, by this, my father is glorified. By this, by what? By living connected with his word living in us, asking what we want, because we know it's what he wants. He says, by this, my Father is glorified. That there's loads of fruit through your prayer life. Your prayer life. 
not somebody else's, your prayer life. This is the possibility of your prayer life. Much fruit that the Father will be glorified. And so you'll be shown to be my disciples because you're bearing much fruit. Wow. Isn't that incredible? When you pray, God's purposes happen. If prayer stops, it's a bit like a bird flying that suddenly stops flying. What happens to a bird when it stops flying? It drops. Well, all life declines without prayer. It's like you were going along, got all the power and the energy to do it, and you stop praying, and you drop from the sky and end up on the earth. Bang! All the purposes of God are accomplished. Your destiny, the plan, the work that God has for you to do, the plan to raise godly family and children, the plan to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, all of it happens because someone prayed it. Prayer is like, it's an old way of putting it, it's been used many times, it's like the train tracks, that unless they're laid down, the train can't come in. Now so many of us have, oh, such a hunger to see God move, don't we? For God to work in our families, in our communities, for God to change our schools, to God, for God to visit the hospital where we work, the, 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 the business we work in. We want God on the move, don't we? But unless we lay the tracks, imagine a train coming in, it stops dead and sinks in to the ground. So prayer has to be laid first before the power of God and the purpose of God can come. Whenever God wants to do something amazing, he sends us to prayer. Where does God send us? To prayer. He sends us on our knees first before we start to see the move of God happen and the promises of God come to pass. It is such a day that we're living in where the purpose of God must advance. I believe we are being set up for a huge move of God. A a mighty move of God. Because it is the only answer for what's going on in our world today. There is no other answer but God on the move. And there is no other answer, therefore, for the people of God but to get on our knees and learn how to pray and learn how to pray effectively because if we don't pray, the power of God isn't going to move and we're not going to be partnering with him to see what he wants to do and see his work happen on earth. He is calling us to wake up to pray, to wake up. You know, we can get really sleepy about what's going on in the world. We can have kind of walk around with our eyes shut, spiritually speaking. 
We don't really see the decline that is happening in front of our eyes. There is such a moral decline that I don't even speak about some of the things that I hear of. Children addicted to substance abuse in schools around this area at 10 years old. 10 years old. Images on phones. The children are seeing of such depravity, such an unholy, unrighteous, rotten thing called sin. It's called sin. And it's so easily available, even for parents that try to protect their kids, and so we should. Did you know that our father never wanted evil for us? He set boundaries. He didn't want us to know evil. And as parents, we need to raise our kids in a safe place where they don't even know some of the ungodly things that are going on in the world around us. Children. Think life is about sex and know things that is an abomination, an unholy thing. And it's commonplace in our playgrounds. Wake up, wake up, wake up and pray. Because prayer can do what God can do. Prayer can bring God in to change a society. Prayer can turn hearts to God and become followers of Jesus Christ in this generation. And what about the church? Shall we go there? Shall I go there? That the Church of England... Now, I don't judge the world... But when the church says what is unholy is fine and we'll bless it. And some of you may not know the Church of England have voted to bless same-sex relationships. I stand before you and say without question. The creator has made male and female in his image. He created marriage to be the union between a man and a woman. And he made provision for all of us who were always wrong before God made us right to repent and make changes and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ and have a new heart and put a new spirit within us. The gospel is the only answer for this generation. But when the church says it will bless what God does not bless, it can't happen, church. Is anybody with me this morning? Is anybody here believing in the truth? We don't condemn Because God, 
scripture is so clear. We were once in darkness, but now we're light in the Lord. So it's different for the church. We don't expect the world to have the standards of the church. But when the standards of the world come into the church, what can the righteous do? The foundations are broken. And so we must raise up, wake up, shine up, and get up and pray. Because it's time to see a move of God in our generation. We can't be caught napping. We mustn't be caught as a prayerless follower of Jesus. The days are too important. You know, when I was a kid, I'm sorry, we've just gone, everything's vamped up, hasn't it? I used to go be sent to play in the garden. Now they've got games. And they just live in front of a screen. And the next game is more sensational than the other. And you know what's happening? I'm not against occasional gaming, providing it's um, the parents can filter it through a God lens. Not everything. But um, their minds are so hyped. That all they, they get bored within two minutes, children. Because they're so overstimulated. And so when you put them in a class to listen to a teacher, they can't listen to the teacher because what they want is, I want experience. And nor can they relate. They lose the ability to talk to others and make good relationships because they've got more of a relationship with a game than with people. We are here for a move of God. Let's ask of him. What's his mind on all these things? What is he saying and what does he want to do? Let's live with our roots in heaven, not our roots in problems. Let's live with our roots in promises, not in disasters. Because if you abide in me and my words, my ability, my promises abide in you, you're going to ask. You're going to partner with God for a move of God and it will be done for you. And by this, my Father will be glorified that you bear much fruit. A year of divine setup is only going to be a setup if we pray. If my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You see, a self-sufficient people. Jesus taught a lot of prayer, didn't he? He taught about the Pharisee who went up to the temple and saying, I thank God, I'm fine, everything's fine. And then, of course, the other guy is saying, I'm not fine, I need God. And basically he was saying, humble yourselves to pray. Get yourself into a position knowing that you need God. That your family really needs God. That your kids are desperate for God. Get on your knees again. That your kids will be saved. And come walking as radical disciples of Jesus. It happens in the prayer closet. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. 
Turn from their wicked ways. Seek my face. Then I'll hear from heaven. Get your whole life aligned with him. Line up with him and his will. Then pray, pray, pray. Ask God, Lord, come into this situation. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. As my kids have a break at school today, I pray, Lord, that you will deliver them from the evil one, that they won't see what the other kids are seeing. I ask, Father, that you will move right now. I put you in control of their environment. I put you in control of their friendships. I'm praying you'll send them godly friends, that their friends friends won't take them away from Jesus, but they'll have friends in the church. I'm praying I'm going to sow into the church friends because they're the place where they're going to raise up the next generation. Our kids are going to know other believers who are following Jesus so that we walk together. If my people, if, 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 we know this really well, but it has to be done if we're going to get the results. And I want, I want, you want the land to be healed. Jesus wants to change everything that's going wrong. And I have a question for you. In this moral decline state, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for Him? Nothing is too difficult. For God, he's turned this nation from depravity before. He'll do it again. Ask of me. Get involved with my work, my business. Yes, I know you've got jobs. I know you've got families. But get involved with my work as a priority. Jesus, you know... He would get up and pray early. He'd pray all night. He prayed before he chose the people he did life with. He prayed to keep his disciples and they, the 11 that were going to stay remained. Didn't lose any of them. Hello? Prayer keeps... Prayer keeps followers of Jesus. He prayed with loud cries and tears. Not your ordinary silent prayer meeting. Jesus was heard in the days of his flesh. Loud cries. His disciples heard that. They heard God crying. If it's okay for him to pray like that, then who am I to say that kind of prayer isn't for me? He prayed just in, in life. He, you know how some people, they go, oh, well, it's time for prayer, so let's bow our heads. He was like, the disciples came back from healing the sick and doing the work of the kingdom. And they told him what he'd, they'd done. And Jesus 
Literally, it says, spun around. Okay, so I'm not going to do that too quick. Rejoicing, praising God, saying, Father, I thank you. So he's praying. He's turned a report into prayer of thanksgiving. So, you know, people, if you can't talk about God and pray just in a moment, Lord, I'm just so grateful for this time that we've got together. And, oh, this is a really good steak. That's life. It's not boxed. Prayer is to happen in the business place. It's to happen in the schools. Where is your land? Heal your land. Heal our land. Where's your territory? What's your land? Lord, I want you on my land. I want you to come and land on them. Land on this family. Land. Land on this community. Land on these children at school. You know, teachers, you're so important. You are in a place to influence, not just by your life, but prayer is going to change everything. Parents, you are so important for your children. Your prayer life is important. And even when your children are 50, you must always pray. If they get 60, pray. If you're still around when they're 70, pray. And if they're 80, you're having a miracle. Just keep praying. (laughs) Pray, 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 pray. Heal our land. Heal this territory then. Heal, heal where I'm called. Heal wherever I go. Jesus, your gospel is the healing power of this nation. The good news of Jesus Christ, his, his kingdom and his amazing power to save. Ask. Peter, you know, he thought he knew after the spirit came and he was teaching and ministering. He thought he knew kind of basically what uh, God wanted him to do. And do you remember he went up on this roof to pray? And it was, he was hungry, and I, I wonder at that point whether I'd have just given up and gone down for food, or would I have just said, uh, I'm going to stay and pray. He, many times food moves us more than prayer. Whoops. But he stayed on the roof. And, you know, Jesus says when you pray, go into your secret place. Have a time alone. Don't always pray in public. Pray on your own. Where your father is, I love that. You're not on your own. He's hidden, he's unfelt, but he's there. You won't feel him, you 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 won't don't see him, but you know he's there. When you pray, go there. And Peter's there was a roof, and it was a flat one, which is already amusing of him on the apex. But there we go, scrambling up and down (laughs) one of our roofs. He didn't go on one. It's a flat roof. Just in case. Um, And he's there praying and he's uh, thinking, oh, here's your father. You know, you say, ask. I'm just asking you to continue your great work in my life. I I love you, Jesus, and I want to connect with you and your plan. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you've put your word in me, that I'm I'm called to, to be a witness of everything that you've done, Jesus. And then suddenly he gets a vision. Because when you pray... You kind of open your whole being up 
for God to put something new in. And suddenly he gets this vision, of course, I won't go into it, but basically God needed to communicate to him that he was prejudiced. He had prejudice towards the people he was called to go to. And there was a guy who was to, to go into his house as a Jew. It was against the Jewish religion. But God said, I didn't come just for the Jews. I came for all nations. And so he needs to move this person who thinks he knows he's in his call and say, actually, no, I've got that person for you as well. And he goes to Cornelius' house and the whole household was saved because Peter went on a roof to pray. Peter knew what God was doing in that hour and he knew that there was a work for him to do. Oh, to be filled with that. That my days are not same old. I mean, imagine Jesus getting up and saying, well, Father, same old, same old falafels, same old sky, it never rains here, I wish I was in England, same old, same old, same old. It was always, he'd get up early before daylight, he was there with his father. And then when everybody came looking for him, and Peter says, you need to come back, we had such a great meeting last night, come on with us. Jesus was already filled with the knowledge of the Father's will. So people couldn't move him. It wouldn't have mattered if the boss of every Sadducee and Pharisee had arrived and said, well, you need to come to the temple. He just said, no, my father's got business for me to do. I I, I can't come because I know what he wants to do. We're so filled with the knowledge of our days, but ask and I'll fill you with the knowledge of my will. I've got work for you to do. And it's a supernatural work. And it'll happen as you lay down the train tracks in prayer. You'll then leave that prayer time and you'll know, no, 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 I can't come with you because I'm not, I'm not here for what everybody else does and says I should do. I'm here for the will of God. Isn't that wonderful? Peter, he thought he knew. Oh, prayer. Prayer brings the knowing back in. Rather than the aimless, uh, going round in circles life. Prayer brings purpose to mothers, to fathers. It brings purpose to young people. If you pray, God will speak to you. And he'll show you what he wants to do. And he'll give you. Such a dream and a vision for your life. It doesn't matter what age you are. God's got a plan. And he wants you to ask. And he knows how to tell you. He knows how you can hear his voice. He's a very strong communicator for those who are willing to listen. They won't hear a stranger. They'll hear my voice and follow me. Wonderful, wonderful. If my people will pray, if the dads will pray, if the singles will pray, 
If the, by the way, married and single are equal in God's eyes. God has a work for both. And a plan for both. One's not superior to the other. But we're all called to do his work on earth as it is in heaven. God has a plan. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we're not in judgment of others. We just know that the church is the pillar and ground of truth. And as a local church here, I'm sorry if you don't like it, you're free to go somewhere else. We uphold the word of the living God. We're not against people. We're for truth. And there's always grace with truth. It doesn't condemn. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn it. He came. He said, I haven't come to judge. I've come to save. But (laughs) he sets the conditions because he's God. So we lift up the word of God above all other things. And we say, Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to finish with this. When you live aware of Jesus present, so you go into your prayer closet, you go anywhere, at work, in the car, or you're with other believers, you're aware God's there. That's what it means to be connected, to use your faith. Use your faith. God's here. It changes your prayer life, just that. You'll have a good time. Just by saying, God's here. Not, oh, I don't feel anything. It seems to be going nowhere. Well, God's there. Your father is in the secret place. Who's there? Your father is in the secret Who's there? If I'm How many times do you have to say it? I'm there. Well, I don't feel you. But I'm here. Okay, you'll have a good time believing that. That'll change your prayer life. Your father's there. Who? The maker of creator of heavens and earth. The one through whom nothing is impossible for him. Is anything too hard for you? Nothing's too hard for you. You're my father. I'm your son. You say, ask. You're going to tell me. I'm going to know what your work is and I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to pray this in. Because Lord, we're together. We're together on this. Elijah was a man just like you and me, it says. Well, I'm not a man. Um, he, He was a person just like you and me, it says in James 5. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. Do you remember? And God sent a famine. There there was no rain. There was a famine for three and a half years. And then he prayed again. And this time the prayer had changed from no rain to lots of rain. It just means that God varies the prayers. Don't bore yourself with the same one over and over again. God's got something new to pray. Vain repetition is called. Sometimes we just go on and on and on and on and on. And he says, actually, I've got something to say. Anyway, Elijah, he lived connected, you know, with the Lord, with his presence, with Jesus. And he heard the Lord say, "Uh, go tell Ahab, I'm not going to send rain. There's going to be no rain. And then he heard, I'm going to send rain now. What is key about prayer is first you know what God wants to do. You have a word. 
You don't just pray the problem. You have God's word on it. You don't just pray about something or think about. Thinking isn't praying. Jesus says when you pray, say. Not think. When you pray, say. The important thing is, as soon as you get his word on it, as soon as you know what he wants to do, then you can pray effectively. Sometimes we jump the gun and say, God, come on in and do something here. But he's saying, just listen to me. I want to speak into that. And I want to say something and give you a word. And Elijah not only had a word from God, he announced it, he decreed it. It's very important that what God says, we speak it. We say, God has said he's going to do this in my family. He's going to do this in my child. He's going to do this in the church. God has said he's going to do this at work. God said he's going to make me an influential medic so that what I'm doing at work, people are going to see and know Jesus. So you decree it, but then he went up on Mount Carmel and began to pray. And he got into actually a birthing position. It was almost like he took on the word. It lived so powerfully in him. It became what he and God together were going to bring about. Pray it in. Don't just speak it out. Pray it in. Declare what God's going to do and then pray it in. Because the prayer brings the tracks down For the power of God to come in. Nothing is impossible. Whatever you're facing, the Lord's saying to you, it's not impossible for me. It's not impossible. It's not impossible to change everything. It's not impossible. Don't limit yourself by what you've seen God do before, there's going to be such a change. And it will come through your prayers. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, my sons, he says, ask. Ask me. I want to speak to you about what I want to do so that you can partner with me in prayer. Thank you, Father. Humbly, Father, as your people, all of us are together in this place and listening online. We we come before the Almighty One. We stand before the King. We honor you as both the creator and the savior and the Lord of our lives. We honor you as the one who spoke these incredible promises and this 
such an honor and privilege to be invited to come to you and ask of the wisdom of the ages, of the one who already knows, the one who sees all things, the one who made all things, the one who can do everything. You're the one we come to, Father. And I thank you that you're here. I thank you that we can use our faith right now that you're present. And we see you with the eyes of our heart and we love you, Lord. We just are so humbled to believe and think that you would call us into such a partnership with you. You've called us your sons, your newborns, the ones who are born of God. Thank you that we are united in Christ and that your life is in us. Just receive that. Thank him for his presence, that you're connected to Jesus, one in spirit with him. That his very presence is in you, his spirit within you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now just ask him to fill you with understanding about your life, his, his understanding. That you'll know what to do. You'll know what to pray. That through asking, he'll give you insight and direction. That he'll speak new things about new people that you're to meet. New opportunities. That he'll speak to you concerning your kids. And what to pray for them. So that what you pray is effective. That there'll be an outpouring of the spirit on their lives. That they'll know God. Be taught by God. And be preserved from the evil one. Oh, praise you, Father. Thank you that prayer preserves us, saves us, delivers us from evil. Prayer brings your provision, your daily bread into our lives. We ask as children, Lord, that you will continue to bring about your work, your kingdom is my life's plan. Just uh, honor him as the king that has invited you into his kingdom to partner with him to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. Praise you. Praise you, Lord, where you work, where you live. Thank you, Jesus. The, the relationships and friends that you have that don't know Jesus, it's, a, it's for a reason. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, may we always take your word as we pray. That your words will fill our hearts and minds. We just honor you that you are the word of God. That even before creation began, Jesus, you are called the word.
And that through you, all things are made. And thank you that when you give a word, it has power to create new things. The God work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you feel your life has dropped like a bird out of the sky, it's time to get the prayer level back up. It's time to pray again. Satan attacks prayer like nothing else. Why? Because it's where everything is prepared for what God is going to do. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you for the victory of saying yes to the call. To wake up today, to see really what's going on in our world. But to even look higher than the world and say, nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for my Father. Nothing is impossible for God. That he is able to change and turn things around and turn things for good. Where there is a famine for the word of the Lord, I just want to thank you that you will turn it around and there will be plenty of the word of God back in our government, the word of God back in our schools, the word of God in prayer back in the central place in business life and in marriages and homes and families. Lord, I just want to thank you for the power of prayer, the incredible power that is available for parents and teachers and the, 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 the workers that we have here. Father, I thank you for the power that you've given us to pray. And Father, I thank you for all the genuine believers in the Church of England who honor your word. We just want to thank you for those who... Um, want to uphold you, I just pray that you'll show them what to do. That they'll come to you and you, the great wise one, will give them wisdom. The genuine ones who uphold all things that you say. Help them, Father. Help them not to become political, but praying people who know what you want to do so that they're free to do the work of God. Just free us from this partisan mindset that separates people, but let us have a kingdom mind, Lord, that brings the kingdom of heaven on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Purify your body, Lord. Purify us so that we can be of one heart, one mind, and see the power of God back in the church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be glorified. Amen. With much fruit from our prayer lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.